Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everyone. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio, Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And like every Monday show, we're brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, lotto, life, business, all your insurance needs, they got you covered. What matters most? They are on Market Street in Sunbury or online at purdyinsurance.com. Lots of good college troops over the weekend. Not as good as our picks from over the weekend. We'll probably get to that a little bit later. Steve kicked me and the Kings' butts over the weekend. But, of course, the big one, big takeaway would be Ohio State-Michigan. Tremendous basketball. Both teams really just well-played game. Shot the ball well. But I just really like the way Michigan's bigs were able to take over in that one. I think that's the difference between both teams right now. It was the way Michigan's bigs were able to make some plays down the stretch in that one. But a great game nonetheless. And just shows the continued strength of the Big Ten. No changes in the AP Top 25 today. Gonzaga 1, Baylor 2, Michigan 3, Ohio State 4, Illinois 5. And Illinois dominated Minnesota over the weekend. And then when it comes to Penn State, another tough one yesterday to Iowa, who's now back in the top 10 as well in today's AP poll. I think it was more or less of a game that Iowa won because they're good and they just couldn't miss from beyond the arc. Penn State obviously has had their shooting issues this year, and you heard a little bit of that from Jim Ferry in the update show with Steve. And it's just been the same things we've been talking about with this Penn State team week in and week out. But you got to give Penn State a lot of credit. They, again, hung tough, stayed in it, still made some timely baskets here and there, but just couldn't get stops when they needed to, and then when they need to make a shot, of course, they're not falling. And now Penn State falling to 7-12 and 12 on the year. And now you got a redemption game with Nebraska tomorrow, and, I mean, their, their time is pretty much already done as far as a tournament team, but... It'll be all but solidified with another loss to the lonely Cornhuskers. And it's really hard for me to say if Penn State can pull it off tomorrow. I mean, I think they can, but I, I, I don't know. It's really just hard to say right now. It's been a, a puzzling year for this team. Some of it out of their control, of course, because of COVID and their break. Kind of threw things off a little bit. But they're just 
not obviously not the same team as last year. And I think it's definitely clear, and Steve kind of mentioned this on Friday, was this team just needs a go-to guy or two. Nobody has been able to really step up like that. Last year was Lamar Stevens. He's gone now. He's playing in the NBA. I thought Myron Jones could maybe be that guy. He's been a little inconsistent. Seth Lundy not hasn't been that way. Miles Dredd, not really. Of course, he had the big moment earlier in the year against uh, VCU at the buzzer, but that's really been it. Jabari Wheeler's had his problems. John Harar, we, we, we talked about his work ethic and his attitude, but it's just not. But he, obviously his offensive game's been inconsistent this year, and he got himself into foul trouble yesterday. That was the other thing that plagued Penn State, too, was foul trouble down the stretch. So the Penn State just needs to find a way to attract players that can be a go-to guy. That's the key for them this offseason and for Jim Faring, this coaching staff. Can they do it? We'll find out. But also around college basketball this weekend, there were a couple of things that I didn't see coming. One was Kentucky just beating the daylights out of Tennessee. You know, just leave it up to Tennessee to screw things up. Maybe that's just me. Because I picked Tennessee, along with the rest of us, actually. But I'm not ready to say Kentucky is back just yet. I need to see way more. And Tennessee is now 25th. So they're just in still with this top 25. And then pretty good game between West Virginia and Kansas in the Big 12. Or, I'm sorry, uh, West Virginia and uh, Texas. And Texas, when they once they once they had that altercation, I think they're a good team, and I think offensively they could be slightly better than West Virginia. But just every Bob Huggins team just knows how to grind it out and find a way to get a W when you need to, and, and stay composed and get timely stops on defense when you need to. Their defense was great against Texas. And they've been really battling on the road, too. They still have a couple more games in Texas. I think they got TCU coming up and Texas Tech, I believe. So that that team does know how to battle. They're going to be dangerous, too. But that was a good battle. But then you had the altercation with Texas to start the second half on a defensive lapse. And you can see that kind of unraveled things a little bit. But they still had a chance late, of course. Couldn't hit the bucket like they did at West Virginia earlier in the year. So the Big 12 also remains a very entertaining conference this year, as has been the Big 10. And then Kansas also did get a win at home against Texas Tech. And they showed me a little something. If they can peak at the right time, I can see them being a dangerous team. But like Kentucky, I want to see a little bit more out of them. But I, but definitely the talent is there. We know that. 10-2 start. And they had that little rough patch. And then that was it. So that was a good win for Kansas over the weekend. So lots of good college hoops to talk about. We'll get Steve's take in a sec. I think we're having some connection issues there. So we'll get him to join us 
Coming up next as we continue here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. 2021 has begun, and this is the perfect time to make sure you're protecting what matters most. Whether it be you, your family, or your business, we have the experience and knowledge you need to help navigate through the process. Our office remains available to service our new and current clients by phone at 570-286-5855, by email, and by appointment. Purdy Insurance, what can we do for you? All right. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. Look, uh, I have no answers as to why they go dry for periods of time. If if uh I don't like uh I don't like the fact that okay, you get sixteen baskets one half, six the second. Oh, and by the way, when you're watching the six baskets in the second, only one of the six was a two. How about that? I mean, we have all sorts of breakdowns. If you were to tell me yesterday that Iowa, okay, everybody's like, oh, the drought, the drought. What, Iowa didn't have a drought? <laughs> Iowa had a drought. They had a drought the same time Penn State did. From 12-17 to 8-17, Iowa didn't score a point either. Four minutes, didn't score a point. And Penn State went 12 straight dry possessions. I have no answer as to why. None. I have no answer. I can't answer as to why. I don't know. I just don't know. And and that is something where I, I find the whole thing to be baffling when I'm watching it. I don't know. Because if they were in, if if they were, if they were, for example, um, running bad stuff, okay, running bad stuff, and out of position, no spacing, man, I could pick it out right away for you. But there are a lot of times where I'll give you one. Let's take the end of the game, near the end of the game. So you get to the end of the game. And when you're looking at the end of the game, Penn State's down, what, five. Myron Jones 
If you could handpick a guy I want taking the three-point shot, it would be Myron Jones. Okay, great. Fabulous. All right? And guess what? He airballed it. The two Iowa guys fell down, and he airballed it. Huh? What? Are you kidding me? I can't explain that for you. I can't do that for you in a million years and explain why why he airballed. None. But was he wide open? Yep. I can't explain it. Now, what I don't like is I don't run, like how these guys run the fast break. I don't. I watch them run the fast break in practice all the time. All the time I watch them run the fast break in practice. And guess what? They run it quickly. They run it beautifully with no issue at all. None. None. And then I watch them get into the game, and they're bunched up, and they, they hold the ball too long, and they just... And there's no spacing to it. You're like, what are you doing? I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't give you a reason why. I cannot do it. And I will. I will say this though. The one of the keys moments in that game was it is uh, 58-54 so Garza's had two free throws and he's had a layup all right and then they called the hook and hold on Abdu what are they watching? Hook and hold. To me, hook and hold. To me, there's got to be bodies on the ground for hook and hold. Not two guys that are tipping the ball, tipping the ball, tipping the ball, trying to get an offensive rebound that are tangled up a bit, but they're still both tipping the ball. That's not hook and hold. That was two free throws plus the ball. What the heck kind of call was that? What the heck kind of call was that? I, 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 Dick and I looked at each other. What are you calling that? When the play was done, everybody was still standing there. Meanwhile, okay, John Harris underneath the bucket, gets grabbed by in the forearm by Connor McCaffrey and thrown to the ground so he doesn't get a shot. Now, if they don't call the hook and hold, I don't care. It's a one-and-one. One. Okay, prevented him from getting a shot. I don't even think twice about it. But because you have the hook and hold call, you're now telling me that that's not an intentional foul? Because it's an intentional foul. But you let it go under normal circumstances.
But after you call the hook and hold, you've got to then call something else. Okay? It's that that kind of stuff you sit back and becomes galling. But as for the offensive droughts, I really don't have many answers. That's a pretty fair answer. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto Home Life Business. They'll make sure you're insured and also find you the best price. And by the way, maybe they come up with the best price in bundles. Maybe that's how they do it, but they'll come up with a way, believe me. There's a way to do it, they'll do it. The key, though, is to make sure you're insured. And insurance is more important than ever. Uh, I've been trying to convince them about staff meeting insurance. Uh, Now, that would be nice. It's a long slog, my man. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Uh, That's all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. You've probably seen the story from Pete Thamel that uh, Penn State might be looking at uh, hiring Anthony Poindexter to be the new safeties coach. Nothing official yet. But at least let's get a read on the guy. And let's go to Mike Carmen for the Lafayette Journal Courier. Mike, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hello. Hey, great to have you with us. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, Pete Thamel's reporting that uh, the door might be open for Anthony Poindexter to make the move within the Big Ten from Purdue to Penn State. Uh, what do you know about that, and uh, what kind of guy is he? Well, I think it's happening. Um, I don't know exactly the title he's going to have at Penn State, but uh, at Purdue he was labeled the co-defensive coordinator and uh, safeties coach. Um, I'm not sure that he has really called the defense here at Purdue during his tenure. I think the, the co-defensive coordinator title uh, was – probably originally designed to get a few more dollars yeah it's for, financial for, yeah. For, yeah. for individuals right. that if you if you look at Purdue's roster of coaches they have a lot of codes yeah on their yeah. on their uh, on their list uh but he worked with the safeties and he you know he came here with Jeff Brom uh in 2017 and uh, I mean for the most part the uh you know the back half has done okay it's 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 really hard to to drill down you know, I think watching practice and some other things gives you a better clue. And, you know, over the first three years, we, we were able to watch spring practice mm-hmm. almost every every session and right. uh, was able to watch some training camp. And he very active guy, high-energy guy, um, really does get after it quite a bit with his safeties and, and secondary guys. And, you know, I, you know, I think that uh, he, he did well here uh, in – Again, not knowing the really motivation for the move, um, it seemed like you know I think uh, Penn State's probably getting a good guy overall. And, you know, here's a guy that was an All-American in Virginia. Yes, you know, way back in the day, and he got uh, you know he's going to get inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame once uh, we can have ceremonies again. Right, exactly. Uh, what kind of recruiter has he been? 
good recruiter so far. I mean, uh, they've, they've brought in some, some pretty decent talent in the back half. Um, some some guys they've shifted around a little bit too. Guys that started at safeties but moved to corner and vice versa. Um, yeah, he's 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 upgraded. I would say the size and the athletic ability in the secondary uh, during the last four years, and that's something that uh, was a was a big priority uh, when Jeff Brom came. They they needed to get taller and more athletic in the back half. Uh, but as you know, if you if you don't get any pressure on the quarterback, it doesn't matter how tall and athletic you are back there. Right. Uh, but you know they've they've had some they, they've brought in some guys now that are, that are younger guys that are playing uh, that are, are bringing more physicality, uh, uh, and, and especially in support of the run game um, you know, with uh, Marvin Grant and, and Cam Allen. And I think you know those two guys over the next couple of years probably will be leaders in the secondary for Purdue, but they were they were guys that were recruited by uh, Anthony. Uh, sometimes when you're a really good player, and he was a really good college player, uh, you know, I think injury at the end kept him from right. making the next step up. Uh, sometimes you can do it in such a way where it's like you can't explain it <laughs> to somebody right. else. So what allow, what's, what's allowed him to be a good teacher? When you've talked to Jeff Brom, for example, what does he tell you about the kind of teacher he is out there? Well, it's 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 not as much what Jeff Brown tells you as what kind of you see with your own eyes when you're able to watch these practices and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, just he's very hands-on. I mean, he's just very, very, um, you know, just communicating very well. You know what what these guys are supposed to do from a technique standpoint. If they and if they're not doing it, then they do it again. Uh, and you, you just kind of keep re, re, uh, reinforcing that. Um, you know, they were, heavy, as all programs are, but heavy, heavy into the fundamentals. And, and uh, you can have all the athletic ability in the world, but if you're not, if you're not doing it right, it's not going to, it's not going to work, and you're eventually going to hurt uh, the overall product. But you know, just very, he just he, he communicates very well. Uh, you know, he, he communicates uh, at a high volume too, <laughs> so you can hear him from one side of the uh, the practice field to the other. So, um, you know, again, I think, you know, Penn State's going to get a guy with a lot of energy and a lot of enthusiasm and a, I, I think a good teacher. Um, yeah. You know, the first couple of years it was Poindexter and, and Derek Jackson uh, that, you know, they, they split up their secondary at the safeties and cornerback coaches. Right. And uh, Derek Jackson was the quarterback coach and Poindexter was the safety coach. But I, I thought those two worked really well in tandem together. The first couple of years, uh, Derek went off to, to be a defensive coordinator at Northern Illinois. Uh, but I, I really thought those two worked well together for Purdue those first for the for those first couple of years, and I thought they really had something something going there. All right, obviously, you know it's hard to to predict where everybody is right now. But what's your feeling of where Purdue is now positioned football wise in the West? Um, I, I still think they're in a good spot. Um, you know, last year, it's really hard to look at what really transpired last year. And right. Because Purdue only got six games. You know, I, Penn, I know Penn State got off to that slow start, but then came on at the end. Um, I think Purdue's still well-positioned in the West just because, you know, nobody has really run away with the, the West. Right. Uh, and everybody is still – you know, you still have Wisconsin. Uh, that that probably is the leader. Iowa obviously is the most consistent program uh, in the West. But the other teams are just not that far away. They're, just, I mean, they're just not. 
and it, it takes you know a lot of things to go right for you to, to, to climb up and, and compete uh, for the West title. I, I just don't think any program is that far away from doing that. And when things, if you can get things going in, in the right year, maybe get a break in the schedule with your crossover or um, something else happens uh, where you, or you just don't have a lot of drama or injuries or, or anything like that where you, you, you go deeper in the season where you're, you're still in contention. And I, I think that's where Purdue needs to be. Uh, they were not there last year. I thought the first couple of years of Jeff Brom, they had inched closer to that where they would stay in contention mm-hmm. into early November, into mid-November, uh, where they, they, they were not eliminated yet but still had a chance to, to win the West. And I, I think that's the step that Purdue needs to take this year. They need to, they need to be in contention if we're going to play a full 12-game season. Uh, they need to be in contention into mid-November and, you know, preferably up to that last week to have a shot to, to maybe win it. Let me ask you a couple of basketball questions. Uh, I watched them on Friday night against Nebraska. It took a while. But what does it mean when Sasha Stefanovic is finally hitting threes? Because it seemed like he'd gone through a prolonged slump and is the state breathing a sigh of relief that now he is? <laughs> I, I think there was a cheer in unison when he finally hit his first three after coming back from the, the COVID break because yep. he had missed his uh, first 12 in the last, you know, three-plus games. Right. Um for, for Purdue's offense, with so much attention, teams pay to Travion Williams and Zach Eady inside. Uh, if, if they can get their three-point game going on a consistent basis, it's just going to make teams really pick and choose what they're going to do. And it, it may be different every time down the floor. You know, if you if you watched any of the Michigan State game last week, Michigan did. State didn't double. Right. They didn't double Travion, and he ended up with 28 points. Now, Nebraska doubled and tripled. Um, and you're right; it took a while to get going. But you know that that's the that's what Purdue is bringing right now to to each game. You're going to have to you know really pick what you want to defend and take away, uh, with the idea that what you don't take away may burn you in the end. Uh, but you have to play percentages. I think coaches will do that, and they'll they'll mix and match uh, throughout the game. Uh, but yeah, if Sasha starts going, I think yeah. he's the leader of the three point barrage and. Uh, that's going to make Purdue, I think, a really dangerous team once we get to the Big Ten tournament. He, he's Ryan Klein. That's, you know, yeah. I mean, I think he's Ryan Klein. Um, yeah. Although, no offense to Klein, I don't know if Klein could guard a mannequin, but that's okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> Klein was, he not, was, he, was not. He wasn't. He wasn't required to. No, he was. No, he was not a great defender. But, uh, but the three. But I'll tell you, the the kids, Ivy. Every time I watch him, I think he's better. Gillis, I know he's a redshirt freshman. Newman, I think, is just I love watching his game. What What's their development been like? Sometimes you'll hit that wall in February. What's allowed them to break through the wall? I think for you know the two red redshirt freshmen that they they were here last year. They now, helped. granted, they didn't play, but they practiced. It helps them. Uh, yeah, they 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 went through everything that freshmen go through except actually playing in the game. Uh, so I think that has helped them kind of manage this season, knowing uh, the the workload and what's expected from from Matt Painter, uh, from everything till they get to on the court, and they've they've carried that over to the court. The other ones, you know, Ivy just plays. I mean, he just I, I don't think anything bothers him. He loves the big moments. He wants to shine in the big moments. Mike, uh, he, Mike, he develops a jump shot. I'm talking like twelve. 
15-foot jump shot, he's going to be certifiably dangerous. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he, is a, he is a better shooter than what he's shown this year. And people are going to play off of him because he just the numbers tell you to play off of him. <laughs> but he had a couple. He had a couple the other night at Nebraska when he was open, and that's what Painter's just trying to get him to do. Just take the ones that are there. Don't force anything. I think early in the season he was trying to force things. He was trying to make something happen when it wasn't there. But now it's um, now it's just take it when it's there. But as you saw in the Nebraska game, uh, his dunks. <laughs> and his, uh, his his presence on the defensive end with the steals early, yep, it, it just kind of it makes it makes you wonder what's coming next with him because he's he's touched just about every area uh, so far this season. That but there's he's he's still got a long way to go. And then the, the big guy Zach he probably is he's probably the most improved player on Purdue from start to finish. Oh, he's something. I I, I really like did. Edie a lot. I also like the fact that he wanted to be the first seven foot pitcher in Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. I, I always like that story too, because uh, oh, yeah. uh, Penn State played Princeton when they had Chris Young, and Young okay. Young ended up in the majors. So uh-huh. you know, and and he was a he was the six ten six eleven post passer in the Princeton offense. Yeah. I'm like, so I see Edie. I'm thinking he wants to be young. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Intimidating, intimidating. Oh, by the time he releases the ball, he's already 45 feet from home plate. <laughs> I know. It's on you in a hurry. Plus, he played hockey. Yeah. And that's that's where his footwork comes into play yeah. now. He's not, he's not, I think early in the year, he was a bit out of position sometimes and it, it got a little awkward. But since the Big Ten season, it's he's been pretty smooth uh, and, and effective. And there's there's not a lot of drop off when Trayvon goes out of the game that he comes in. I mean, when you start looking at their combined numbers yep. in 40 minutes mm-hmm. or 38 minutes, whatever it is. Yep. I mean, that's that's production you'll take every night. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, it's always great to have you with us. <laughs> always enjoy right. it. We can go anywhere we want with you. Appreciate it. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. Mike Harmon, Lafayette Journal Courier which, by the way, is always delivered right to the door of the suit. Suit gets 200 newspapers a day. Did you know that? That's not surprising. And Suit Light reads it to him every day. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, was, I, I, think, I think I was supposed to leave that part out. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> Jeff Byers next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Ah, boy. Listen to that progressive commercial. That that was the suit warming up for the wrestling match the other day. Most likely, especially since he had it done in a while. He talked to me on the phone about that today. We talked about it. I guess the start times were a little... Um, inconsistent compared to what they were told they were going to be. How about that? That's what we heard exactly. (laughs) Vision wasn't great. Uh, Yeah, everything you can imagine was a little difficult. I believe Chief went with him. Yes. And, you know, what's interesting about that is that evidently Chief did as much talking on that as he did on a basketball broadcast. (laughs) I I just, I don't don't get it. (laughs) 
You have this invaluable resource. You just won't let them talk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. The uh, We talked about hoops. We're going to talk wrestling in the next half hour with Jeff Byers. We haven't had Jeff on all year, but, I mean, look, they haven't wrestled that often this year. Now, we had Kale on the show. So it's not that like we didn't have Kale on. It seemed to be a pretty big hit with some people. And uh, the uh, the um, tonight they have Maryland, and I think it's I want to say it's at six, right? And it's the combination home opener and senior night. You know that things are really weird when that is your combination. This is it. Ah, remarkable. Uh, now, I think everybody, except for Robbie Howard, I believe, is at the um, four bout minimum. Except for Howard, but he can get there tonight, I believe. The and which is important because I mean you can qualify for wild cards. The sport is in an interesting spot right now. Let's, let's so we we know what the negatives are. So that part we know. We know the negatives are what the money happens to be. We know the negative is athletic departments. And this is where I talk about money. They'll lose. They've been everybody lost money this year because of the pandemic. I mean, no nobody in seats for football. Nobody in seats for basketball. No NCAA. You know, one third the NCAA tournament money last year. The whole deal. Okay, so we got that. But let's talk about one of the pluses. Ratings last year for wrestling on BTN skyrocketed. Question is, could they follow it up? And you know what? They've done a great job of following it up. Wrestling ratings on BTN are up 26% over last year, and last year was a record year. They're already 26% higher this year. And by the way, tonight's dual meet is on BTN at 6 And that's great for the sport. Now the question is, can they convince enough people of this? I mean, when you are a sport that does not have a Title IX opposite, now I think there are... There are not many, but there are a few women's wrestling programs, I believe. But realistically, very few Title IX opposite and scholarship-wise. 
and money is tight, it's going to bring with it concerns. The ratings tell you, though, that the sport is more popular than it's ever been. Record ratings last year. Well, can you top that? And they have. They're 26% higher this year. Jeff Byers and I will talk about that and other topics in a few moments. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. 